Welcome to the Breaking Health Podcast, a series of discussions with the most disruptive CEOs and leaders in digital health. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Breaking Health Podcast. This is your host, Tom Salemi, and I am flying solo. Steve Krupa is taking the week to, to focus on his day job. He's got lots of travels going on on the West Coast, uh, so we are giving him a break, giving him the week off from this podcast. Uh, don't worry, we'll put him back to work next week. And uh, giving us a chance to introduce you to some of our uh, other content. One of the, uh, the, the, the deals we'll be following, and, and Steve's got an interview set up with uh, this company, Canary Health, uh, next week. We'll bring you their story, and I, and I can't wait to hear this. Interview, but they've made some news lately uh, when they uh, signed a partnership with uh, medtech company Medtronic. Uh, Medtronic will expand uh, its diabetes care offerings by uh, offering Canary Health's uh, self-management suite for uh, pre-diabetes and diabetes and the related comorbidities. So this is uh, this is a great deal between digital health and traditional medtech. And the exciting thing about it is Medtronic really has been focusing on going beyond just being a med tech company. It's moving into services. It's moving into digital health. Uh, it's moving into consumer. And uh, it, it's really driving the agenda for not only med tech, but healthcare. A lot of other companies are following its lead uh, and uh, really seem to be absorbing what Medtronic is doing. So we wanted to um, sort of just take this, take advantage of this uh, this break to introduce you to Medtronic. And to do that, we're going to uh, take you to our MedTech conference, which took place on June 1st in Minneapolis. We were very fortunate to have uh, a great interview between Jeff Martha. He's the Executive Vice President of Restorative Therapies Group at Medtronic, and uh, Stacey Enzing Seng, who is now a venture capital but once worked uh, for Kavidi, in which, of course, Medtronic merged with uh, just recently. So in this conversation, they really, they really went over what Medtronic is trying to do, talked about the impact of services on Medtronic's MedTech business, talked about what they're looking for in consumer uh, electronics. Uh, you know, they have a venture group that's making some uh, investments in consumer-based business models. So it's, uh, it, it is a MedTech story. But as we're learning, the uh, the names and modifiers to healthcare companies really are becoming less important. Uh, digital health is just health. Uh, Medtech is increasingly just becoming another kind of healthcare company. So uh, we want you to just take a few minutes, enjoy this conversation, uh, these insights from uh, one of the leaders at one of the more influential companies in healthcare. So again, this is a, an interview between Jeff Martha and Stacey Enzing Seng. And uh, before I uh, get into the interview, I hope you'll uh, tune in to the entire interview at the end. Uh, I've got uh, a little announcement regarding our Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit, which will be taking place on November 2nd in Boston. So now let's hear from Jeff Martha of Medtronic and Stacey Enzing Seng of Lightstone Ventures. So good morning, everyone. Let me add my welcome to the Minnesota MedTech Conference. 
It's not really called the Minnesota MedTech Conference, but since I'm from Minnesota and I'm proud of our state, I've added it up there just so that you can see that. So as Justin mentioned, we have Jeff with us today, and I'm really appreciative that you're here with us today. And I am going to make sure we leave a little room for questions at the end, but I've got, of course, a few questions for Jeff. Now, what some of you may not be aware is that Jeff actually preceding his time at Medtronic, which he joined in 2011, had spent close to 20 years at GE Healthcare and GE Finance. So maybe kicking this off, given that you've held these very interesting roles at Medtronic, tell us about that transition from GE to Medtronic and kind of why you decided to join. Well, sure. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me here. It's, it's great to see a lot of familiar faces in the, uh, in the crowd here, and I look forward to a, a nice dialogue this morning. In, in terms of GE to, to Medtronic, um, I tell you, the biggest transition I did actually was from GE Capital to GE Healthcare. I mean, because I, I didn't really know much about healthcare, and um, I had grown up 15 years in GE Capital, and I kind of thought the world, the sun rose and set in financial services, and if you worked at GE and you didn't work at GE Capital, you were just a chump. And, 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 and the GE businesses were there for one thing, to generate cash, and that the smart people at GE Capital would lever that cash up and go invest it and make all the money. And, and uh, that's kind of how it was and until it wasn't like that anymore. And, and uh, luckily, uh, my, we moved around a lot, and my wife uh, got tired of moving. And when it was time to move back to Connecticut uh, from uh, Chicago, she said, we're not doing that, and you should look for another role. And <laughs> I, uh, I heard about GE Healthcare, which was in Milwaukee, and met Omar Ishrak. And uh, he needed, uh, I had some business development background, and he needed a, a BD and strategy person. And he seemed pretty interesting. We had absolutely nothing in common, I thought. Uh, just by looking at our backgrounds, but it turns out we had more in common than, than I did initially know. And, and, but making that transition, working for a guy like Omar, who's a big healthcare visionary, and, and a guy like me, who is more, in, in, like many in the room, uh, you know, financial services uh, background, and with very little uh, healthcare background, unlike many people in the room. That was a huge transition, just learning how healthcare works. Um, and, and, and Elmore was great in helping me make that transition. And then moving to Medtronic, the, the big change is, I, I didn't really recognize... Um, kind of the role Medtronic played in the industry. I, I uh, didn't really realize how much people looked to Medtronic uh, for, for, for leadership in the med tech space and the role that it played. And uh, so that was a, a little bit of a change. But the biggest thing was going from a, a GE Healthcare is a technology company that sells to healthcare versus G, uh, Medtronic is a real healthcare company versus a technology company. And the difference is the clinical piece and uh, and doing trials and the, the direct interaction with patients. And to me, that was a wonderful transition. You just get closer to the action. And, and it, uh, that's been the best part of it. Well, so, you know, it's nice to be up here today when uh, Medtronic announced their earnings yesterday and congratulations on another great quarter. Um, I listened to the call and I thought that was one of the interesting things that Omar Ishrak stated, which is, you know, all of us, I think, are aware that Medtronic's mission has been, and I, I actually think it's been a beautiful one since the beginning of Medtronic. It has kind of stood the test of time to alleviate pain, restore health, and extend life. And he reiterated that, but I thought it was an interesting call to action that he said, but our strategy is to transform healthcare. That's our strategy as a company, to transform healthcare. 
So, you know, to your point and to what Justin was suggesting, can you kind of articulate for the group what that means and where you see the opportunities that are unmet that the innovators and, you know, the um, companies in med tech healthcare have a call to action, which Medtronic is setting the tone of now as transforming healthcare. What does that mean? Sure, for us, transforming healthcare to kind of make it more tangible is really about uh, changing the game regarding healthcare access around the world. So, you know, our, 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 our strategies are threefold therapy innovation, uh, globalization, and what we've called economic value, which I think a more contemporary term would be value based healthcare. And uh, the, the globalization piece, you know, driving access uh, to those underserved around the world is, is we've just started to scratch the surface. And we would argue that that's the single largest opportunity in healthcare today. There's billions of people that just don't have access to care, uh, you know, in, in emerging markets in Asia, you know, uh, ASEAN and, and China and India. And it's just a, you know, at some point, the healthcare spend uh, in countries will be more proportionate to their population. Today, that's obviously not the case. And so that's a huge opportunity, but also a difficult one to go after. Uh, and we're aggressively making uh, investments and, and, and strategies in that area. And the second uh, is um, value-based care. So switching the system from a, in, in the developed markets in particular from a volume-based system to a, a system where you get paid for value. And that's, um, you know, so those two topics are what... Uh, we spend an awful lot of time on, but but that therapy innovation that is the foundation. Uh, 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 that's Medtronic's uh, heritage, and that's the foundation, and that's still like the number one priority. Because if you if you take your eye off the ball in therapy innovation, these other two strategies you don't get a right, the right to to go after them. Uh, you know the, the globalization and the and the value based care, because uh, we we do believe technology plays a very important role in both of those things. Uh, driving up access and, and switching to value. Technology plays a huge role, and if we don't have the best portfolio of uh, products, then we're not going to get invited to the table. And, you know, as part of that transformation, you've continued to support acquisition. Over the last just 12 months, there's been actually 14 acquisitions that have been made uh, for a total of $1.5 billion dollars. So what are you looking for? What do companies need to demonstrate? Where are kind of call it your cylinders that you're trying to fill between therapy, services? What are you asking of the companies that you're looking to acquire to demonstrate? Well, I mean, sure. First, to understand kind of how we're looking at uh, our, our innovation and our strategy. There's the traditional, like I call therapy innovation, where it's technology and clinical and your whether it's a PMA or a 510K, you, you've got a, a product that, that uh, historically has demonstrated some clinical differentiation. On top of that now, more recently, we're looking for uh, products that has also drive down costs in the healthcare system. Then the second piece on top of that is we're, we're building a portfolio of services that work with our products. So we call them wraparound services or standalone services, but they're services that work with our products. Examples would be uh, you know, a, tw- a local company we bought. Uh, I guess it's been three years now. Uh, Cardiocom. We've we've changed the name to Medtronic Care Management Services, but it's a patient management uh, platform uh, that for post-acute uh, and right, does a lot of the, the post-acute patient management for the VA. Uh, we bought a company in uh, Italy called NGC, which helps design and manage cath labs. Again, these are two examples, and these companies, um, I think just yesterday we announced, uh, you know, or recently announced a, a deal where we bought a, 
a company, the obesity clinics in the Netherlands, mm -hmm. diabetes clinics in the Netherlands as well a, few, a year ago. So these are services that are in the clinical areas that we participate and have a tie-in with the technology that we sell. So you have the services, and then the and these things go together, and we think the services help enable a better outcome. And we're defining the outcome as a clinical outcome and or a cost outcome. And then the thing that we're working on now is the combination of those two things and finally taking it to the next uh, step is, is risk-sharing um, uh, you know, risk agreements with providers and payers. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a whole lot of innovation that, that needs to be done to be able to do that. Because CEOs talk about it. I've been in numerous conversations where you know, Omar will be there uh, with a hospital CEO or a payer, CEO of a big payer. We're like, hey, risk sharing, you know, it sounds great. And then we break and, 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 and the, the guys, the next level down or two levels down are sitting around the table. We have no idea what to do next. Mm -hmm. um, and and so, so those are the three things, therapy innovation, uh, services, and, and, you know, payment models. And so we're looking for deals that are both in that traditional uh, therapy space that are helping from a clinical perspective and or a cost perspective, as well as services that uh, also uh, work with our technologies to, to help enable a better outcome, whether it be uh, cost or clinical or even just in-hospital efficiency type things. Mm -hmm. So that's gen generally what we're, what we're looking for today. So we've definitely expanded from over the last five years from just clinical like products that, uh, that are focused on clinical outcomes to products that are focused on clinical plus cost to now services that work with our products that either enable a better outcome or lower the cost of care or provide efficiency in our hospitals. So we've definitely expanded what we're looking for from an from a acquisition standpoint. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to uh, services, it's been interesting to me also some of the strategic partnerships that have been forged. You just mentioned the obesity clinic, which was, I believe, announced yesterday. But you know, relationships with United Healthcare, with Qualcomm, with Samsung. I mean, how essential is that strategy partnership to just extend your reach? Is that a specific tenant of each of the groups, or um, you know, are they more kind of opportunistic than that? No, no, it's a it's a stated strategy. I mean, we we view like this: if you're going to transform healthcare, uh, no one company, uh, in our humble opinion, is big enough to truly do that on on their own. We feel that we can play a role in that, um, but but can't do it on our own. And so um, we have been looking around the ecosystem, uh, you know, our traditional customers, hospitals. Payers who our relationship with payers historically has been like a zero sum game. You know, and our gain is their loss, their gain is our loss. Uh, change that dynamic. In uh, governments, um, we're having a lot of discussions with governments, and some of the governments, not our government here in the United States, but uh, you know, some of the other foreign governments are tying their economic policies to their healthcare policies, and 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 working with companies like us to help them solve two problems. I'll give you an example of that in a second, but but for sure, you know, we've even kind of rebranded, you know, the company, uh, and our our tagline is further together. And it happened. Uh, we we had actually come up with this a year before the uh, the Covidian acquisition. Worked on it for a year to build out the the narrative around our strategy. Further together, meaning us partnering with the healthcare ecosystem to drive better outcomes from from governments to payers to providers to patients. 
And then we announced it, you know, there was only a small group of people in Medtronic that knew that this COVIDian opportunity. And so we announced at our vice president's meeting in, in May of two years ago, May of 2014. And, and then like, you know, two weeks later, we, we announced the COVIDian deal. So we kind of put that on hold, but it had nothing to do with COVIDian. It wasn't further together with COVIDian. It's further together with partnerships. So it's a stated strategy to do partnerships. And, you know, like the United Health Group uh, deal with around diabetes is an example. You know, we did a, a, a deal in recently, uh, a joint venture we've talked about a little bit publicly with uh, the Russian government around building out uh, care pathways for cardiac disease in Russia because the, the average life expectancy of a Russian male, uh, it, it's under 60, like 58, 59. Um, you know, a lot of it's because of, uh, you know, coronary artery disease. And so they need help. And they need help across the board in terms of affordable products, infrastructure, so cath labs, care pathways established. And so we're partnering with them on, on all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are the type of things that we're leveraging our breadth because big companies like a United Health Group or governments like Russia or provinces in China, they can't do this with, with, with everybody. So they're going to pick their partners and build up a trust, and we want to be one of those partners. Well, I hope you're enjoying this visit with Jeff Martha. This is uh, Tom here. I just want to remind you to go to healthogy.com. It's uh, the word health, followed by the letters egy.com. Sign up for the Breaking Health newsletter, and you will get uh, podcasts like these, and even better because Steve Krupa will be on them, but also uh, news, our original content, and our video content from our various healthcare events. So again, go to healthogy.com, sign up for the Breaking Health newsletter. Now back to this interview with Jeff Martha. So, I mean, with that scale and reach, how do you guys define define your competitor set? Who are your competitors? Because, you know, to me, it seems like it's shifted away from the classic, uh, if you will, assessment of the other, call it med tech players, healthcare players. What's a redefinition of competition? How do you factor uh, Apple and some of the other supposed players that are focused on population health, which clearly is part of what you're getting at. Well, first, um, you know, on the first comment, have we redefined our competition? We've, I guess, added uh, uh, new competitors, but we haven't subtracted any. And our number one uh, competition, quite frankly, is the uh, the traditional med tech players. And uh, we just have them in each segment. Uh, and we've instituted at the group that I run, the restorative therapies group. We've we kind of lost our focus on therapy innovation in the last couple of years, and that's really cost us uh, in terms of growth. Um, versus our cardiac division, uh, they've they've really focused on it, and they've actually in, in implemented a. And I'm doing this at the restorative therapies group is what they call this GM structure, where you have P and L leaders that are, you break your business down into the therapy segments and a P&L leader wakes up every day and, 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 and Sandra here in the front row is one of those, those leaders. They wake up every day with you know, a th- very specific therapeutic area in mind and, and, and a, the specialist physicians in that area, their customers and the competitors in that space is who they wake up and, and want to outdo every single day of the week and that's their world. So we make sure that those therapy segments are clearly defined that have P&L labor, uh, leaders that are empowered uh, to make the trade-offs, to, to, to have appropriate enough R&D and access to capital for acquisitions. And their whole job is to go after and, and beat those competitors. And those are the traditional ones. Those could be the bigger ones uh, as well as the smaller pure plays, which have, have really been um, successful in the last couple of years. And, and so we want to be able to 
um, what we call is play big and play small. We want to be able to play small and be like a startup and act like a startup and be as nimble as a startup uh, you know, every day of the week in these different defined therapy segments. But at the same time, step back and be able to go to the C-suite of a hospital or the CEO of a payer of the prime minister of a particular government and play big and be Medtronic and offer our breath and say, well, this is all we have to offer you, these solutions, these pro- this suite of products, these services go with these products and these solutions. And oh, by the way, we'll, we'll go at risk with you. We won't get paid until you get paid kind of thing or until you see your return on investment. And so we're tr- the trickiest thing that, that, that we're trying to do is do both. Uh, and set up an organization that, that can be nimble and quick and, and compete with a lot of the, the companies that the, that the CEOs are in this room and, 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 and the financing community that's here that are you know, financing. Uh, at the same time, do that, you know, be this broad multinational player. Because if you do one without the other, if we just do the um, play small, we're, we're not leveraging our breath. If we just leverage our breath, pretty soon the foundation falls from beneath our feet. Uh, and so that, if you ask Omar, what's the thing that keeps him up at night? It's that. It's that. And thus that keeps me up at night too then. <laughs> By default. By default. Any questions from the audience? Any thoughts or comments? So the question was, is the, the services is talked about a lot. And um, does it generate any revenue or is it a defensive strategy? Um, for us, I, I was in my old role as the head of strategy for Medtronic when we, we, t- we did this, and I, I was cautioning Omar, maybe a little aggressive move, but we've laid out our growth by, um, our growth by vector here. So we've got therapy innovation. That's where a lot of our growth is coming. The you know, um, globalization, which, we, which is really about... So the first one's about new product launches. The second one uh, is about um, globalization, is about emerging market growth. And then, and, and we had to define this some way. And the third, the economic value or value-based care, we've defined around services. So standalone service models, not pull-through products, but just services. And we've laid out that we're going to get you know, 50 to 100 basis points of growth uh, from services. And, and then when we combined with Covidian, Covidian wasn't as aggressive on services, so it got harder to do that. We didn't change the 50 to 100 basis points. Our denominator got a lot bigger, and the numerator didn't change. So it's been a little hard to get to the 50 to the 100 uh, but we've, that's the, the, you know, so we track it. So we're a little shy of that right now, but we're getting, we, we've got a couple billion, you know, a couple hundred million dollars at this point on, on an annual basis from ser- standalone services, not products that are associated with that. Uh, what it does for us is one, it's a, when you combine it with the products, it's a value proposition that enables some sort of a better outcome for our customers. Sometimes it's like efficiency in a hospital, like in this cath lab outsourcing model where you outsource the, the cath lab. We're squeezing 10 hours of work into an eight-hour day, you know, uh, whereas before these cath labs we took over in Europe were six hours of work in an eight-hour day. And so they're seeing the value. They've done the studies to prove it. Uh, and, and we're getting the service revenue, and we track it separately from the products. We do track it. We, we're, we're very cognizant of the margins associated with the service. It's not a, a science. It's a little bit of an art and a science. We also track the pull-through products, the incremental product revenue that we get from that. And so the benefit for us is, one, it's increased our overall uh, margin dollars. Uh, it's helped pull through incremental products. It has uh, helped defray uh, ASP declines because we've gone in there and said, look, we'll take over a bigger cost pool, so don't just laser focus on our products. Look at this bigger cost pool, and we'll bring down the bigger cost pool for you. Not, you know, and that, that our products still get ASP uh, pressure, but less. 
So it's been very beneficial for us. You know, we get questions from investors even yesterday on the call on our earnings call, like, you know, is this going to bring Medtronic's margins down? And and uh, clearly, the services rev- uh, revenue is a lower margin. But when you mix it with the incremental uh, therapy uh, margin that we're getting, the technology margin, it, you know, it, it, we, we have a long way to go before it hurts our margins. So one of the things that uh, I was also intrigued by is the amount of tweeting that goes out from your CEO. And uh, I think that's great, by the way. I saw that you had a Twitter account. But you know, one of the things that I think is interesting is the whole social media world is really a strong connectivity with the end consumer, or in this case, the patient. So how are you thinking about the consumerization strategy and the reach out you know, beyond the payer and the physician to the end user of your technology? And how relevant is that when companies come to you from an acquisition perspective to demonstrate this value that they can bring to you know, the brand or the end consumer? Well, clearly I think consumerism is a trend people have talked about for a long time. And you know, I, I can't, I'm not smart enough to predict exactly when it's going to have a, a more significant impact than it's having on med tech today. But it, for us, it's, uh, it's in our diabetes business in particular, yeah. it's, a, it's a big deal. Because in our diabetes business, that's the one area of Medtronic where we're um, you know, dealing with the, uh, the, the, the patient uh, from the whole care continuum versus in our other businesses, you typically go through a doctor. We do have a patient relationship typically after an implant or something. Uh, that patient, whoever there, they get a pacemaker or a, you know, implantable defibrillator or you know, what have you, that, that after they get that, they have a relationship with the Medtronic rep. Um, but uh, in diabetes, it's it's a it's a long relationship, and and how you connect with that patient and 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 treat them not as just as a patient, but as a consumer. It's been a learning experience for us. We've invested quite a bit in our diabetes business. We have a long way to go. We're by no means are we Google or Apple or anything like that. Um, but it's it's uh, it's something that's we're you know looking at a lot. And and when we we are making a lot of investments in uh, companies. That have different uh, consumer-based business models that uh, we'd like to learn from, and so we've we've gotten uh, one thing that since the Covidian acquisition, we've set up a uh, separate group uh, within our business development organization, but it's completely separate. That, that uh, just venture investing, and and that's like a half a dozen or so people, and we've been even more active. Uh, you know, we take Covidian plus Medtronic historical, and you can almost multiply it by two. We've been very active, uh, you know, since the deal, and 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 some of that has been going to consumer-based companies that are around. Um, they're, they're, it's all about patient engagement. How do you engage a patient along the care continuum? You know, from awareness uh, to screening to diagnosis to engaging them right before uh, an intervention. So as you think about, you know, you know, bundles, healthcare bundles around an episode of care, um, where in, in the CJR program for ortho is a, is a great example of that where where if you get a knee replacement uh, you know for Medicare in I don't know it's like 70 cities in the US you, you you know the hospital is on the hook for the whole 90 day episode of care and uh, they get paid based on outcomes some of them are patient reported outcomes and so there's a whole you see a lot of uh, just because of that CJR program the increase in company consumer or patient engagement business models 
around that procedure have skyrocketed. And there's companies all over the place that are average, that are setting out, you know, that, and you guys are probably funding some of them in this crowd. That, and they approach us for spine and, and other areas saying, look, this is happening in ortho, it's going to happen in spine. How do you engage that patient before that episode of care and then through the episode of care and the post-acute so they have a better experience, and, which is important uh, for the healthcare system, and they have a better outcome. And so we're learning. You know, we're, we still have training wheels on, I would, I would argue, if you want to compare us to some of the great consumer companies, we're not even in that. But we're making a lot of strides in that area. And then the, the rebranding and the narrative around the company that's further together is also set up to expand into a consumer. Uh, uh, yeah. Very good. So we're almost out of time here. We've got about 20 seconds. So I'm going to ask you for, give me your kind of top three things that you're excited about over the course of the next year and a couple of, let's say, traps or pitfalls that you're going to stay away from. Well, the, the, the traps or, or pitfalls that I want to stay away from are, are, you know, look, we're talking about all these neat innovation ideas around services and economic value and globalization. But, you know, the minute you take your eye off the ball on core products and technology is the minute your foundation crumbles. And, and so uh, we can't take our eye off the ball. And, and we're very vigilant in that area and, and have broke, breaking down Medtronic into some bite-sized parts and making sure that each one of these bite-sized parts knows who their customers are, who their competitors are, and, and has a plan. And they're appropriately funded and, and, and empowered to, to, to compete that that is the pitfall that with all this integration and this bigger these grand vision about transferring healthcare transforming healthcare that is the piece that's the pitfall that you know you can't afford and 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 that's what you know, like we talked about keeps us up at night so that's the big one you know the exciting I, I'm I'm excited about um, and Omar is really you know forced within Medtronic because he's got four group leaders that own all the products I'm one of those and. You know, we got to make sure with this constant, you know, uh, cadence of innovation or we get, you know, you feel it in your results. Uh, but at the same time, he's really forced us to kind of take a step back and look at this transformation that's going on to value-based care and engage with governments, payers, providers, and really think about that and make investments in that area. And I, I see a lot of acceleration in that, new business models that are, that, you know, seemed less tangible only a year ago. Um, partnerships with payers that were, you know, where you go in, I mentioned earlier, you have this conversation and everybody says the right things, the PowerPoints look good, conversation ends, and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. That was even a year ago. I see a lot more activity. I see a lot, this, this value-based care being driven deeper into organizations, companies really leaning into it, and I see some interesting partnerships that could happen, uh, innovation around a, a care continuum based on outcomes like we've never seen before. And I see that accelerating in the next year, and, and we want to be on the front end of that, even if we make some mistakes. It's better to be in the game, make a mistake, uh, you know, brush yourself off, get up, and, and keep going. But if you're on the sidelines for that, we feel like you're, you're, you're really uh, putting your, your company at risk. Well, that's great. Well, I admire the attention to the fundamentals and uh, the optimism for the future. So with that, thank you, everyone, and thank you, Jeff, for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that visit with Jeff Martha of Medtronic. Uh, There is no two ways about it. Medtronic will be making news in the digital health space. It'll be making news in the consumer health space. Uh, Medtronic is determined to change how healthcare is delivered. I thought Jeff uh, Martha laid it out pretty, uh, pretty, a pretty compelling argument as to why. And I hope you found that interview worthwhile and important. Uh, we were very happy to have 
Jeff, open up our MedTech conference on June 1st in Minneapolis. Going forward, uh, Steve Krupa, I'm, I'm very thankful we'll be back. He does a terrific job hosting this podcast. We've got uh, a number of uh, interviews lined up for him and uh, really look forward to hearing him sort of uh, tell the tale of the disruption of the healthcare industry. So uh, tune in next week for another tale of innovation from Steve Krupa and uh, regarding our Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit. I referenced this at the start of the podcast. It will be on November 2nd. It'll be in Boston at the Mandarin Oriental Hotel and uh, the agenda is coming together. It, uh, we're, we're very blessed to have Robert Mittendorf of Norwest joined by Bill Geary of Flare Capital to lead up this event. Uh, the, the agenda, as I said, is, uh, is forming and it looks uh, outstanding. Anyone who attended last year's event, uh, which was sold out, by the way, uh, can tell you that it's just a, a great, real deep dive in healthcare, not just digital healthcare, but healthcare. So uh, if you want a sense of where things are going in 2017, I'd really advise you to uh, attend the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit. And as a thank you, because you're a Breaking Health podcast listener, we have created a Breaking Health code. If you uh, register, when you register, go to healthag.com. That's the word health, followed by the letters E-G-Y.com. Register for the conference, type in Breaking Health, and you will save yourself a little bit of money as a thank you for being a Breaking Health podcast listener. Remember now, tune in next week. Steve Krupa will be back for another Tale of Innovation.